0: Section 1 of The Natural History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. The Natural History, Volume 3 by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 1. Book 11. The Various Kinds of Insects. Chapter 1. The extreme smallness of insects. We shall now proceed to a description of the insects, a subject replete with endless difficulties. For, in fact, there are some authors who have maintained that they do not respire, and that they are destitute of blood. The insects are numerous, and form many species, and their mode of life is like that of the terrestrial animals and the birds. Some of them are furnished with wings, bees, for instance. Others are divided into those kinds which have wings, and those which are without them, such as ants, while others, again, are destitute of both wings and feet. All these animals have been very properly called insects, from the incisures or divisions which separate the body, sometimes at the neck and sometimes at the corselet, and so divided into members or segments, only united to each other by a slender tube. In some insects, however, this division is not complete, as it is surrounded by wrinkled folds, and thus the flexible vertebrae of the creature, whether situated at the abdomen, or whether only at the upper part of the body, are protected by layers overlapping each other. Indeed, in no one of her works has nature more fully displayed her exhaustless ingenuity. In large animals, on the other hand, or, at all events, in the very largest among them, she found her task easy and her materials ready and pliable. But in these minute creatures, so nearly akin as they are to non-entity, how surpassing the intelligence, how vast the resources, and how ineffable the perfection which she has displayed! Where is it that she has united so many senses as in the gnat, not to speak of creatures that might be mentioned of still smaller size? Where, I say, has she found room to place in it the organs of sight? Where has she scented the sense of taste? Where has she inserted the power of smell? And where, too, has she implanted that sharp, shrill voice of the creature, so utterly disproportioned to the smallness of its body? With what astonishing subtlety has she united the wings to the trunk, elongated the joints of the legs, framed that long, craving concavity for a belly, and then inflamed the animal with an insatiate thirst for blood, that of men more especially? What ingenuity has she displayed in providing it with a sting, so well adapted for piercing the skin? and then, too, just as though she had had the most extensive field for the exercise of her skill, although the weapon is so minute that it can hardly be seen, she has formed it with a twofold mechanism, providing it with a point for the purpose of piercing, and at the same moment making it hollow to adapt it for suction. What teeth, too, has she inserted in the teredo to adapt it for piercing oak even with a sound which fully attests their destructive power, while at the same time she has made wood its principal nutriment we give all our admiration to the shoulders of the elephant as it supports the turret to the stalwart neck of the bull and the might with which it hurls aloft whatever comes in its way to the onslaught of the tiger or to the mane of the lion while at the same time nature is nowhere to be seen to greater perfection than in the very smallest of her works for this reason, then, I must beg of my readers, notwithstanding the contempt they feel for many of these objects, not to feel a similar disdain for the information I am about to give relative thereto, seeing that, in the study of nature, there are none of our works that are unworthy of our consideration. CHAPTER Two, WHETHER INSECTS RESPIRE, AND WHETHER THEY HAVE BLOOD many authors deny that insects respire and make the assertion upon the ground that in their viscera there is no respiratory organ to be found on this ground they assert that insects have the same kind of life as plants and trees there being a very great difference between respiring and merely having life on similar grounds also they assert that insects have no blood a thing which cannot exist they say in any animal that is destitute of heart and liver just as, according to them, those creatures cannot breathe which have no lungs. Upon these points, however, a vast number of questions will naturally arise, for the same writers do not hesitate to deny that these creatures are destitute also of voice, and this notwithstanding the humming of bees, the chirping of grasshoppers, and the sounds emitted by numerous other insects which will be considered in their respective places. For my part, whenever I have considered the subject, I have ever felt persuaded that there is nothing impossible to nature, nor do I see why creatures should be less able to live, and yet not inhale, than to respire without being possessed of viscera, a doctrine which I have already maintained when speaking of the marine animals, and that, notwithstanding the density and the vast depth of the water which would appear to impede all breathing, but what person could very easily believe that there can be any creatures that fly to and fro and live in the very midst of the element of respiration while at the same time they themselves are devoid of that respiration that they can be possessed of the requisite instincts for nourishment generation working and making provision even for time to come in the enjoyment too although certainly they are not possessed of the organs which act as it were as the receptacles of those senses of the powers of hearing, smelling, and tasting, as well as those other precious gifts of nature, address, courage, and skilfulness, That these creatures have no blood, I am ready to admit, just as all the terrestrial animals are not possessed of it. But then, they have something similar, by way of equivalent. Just as in the sea, the sepia has a black liquid in place of blood, and the various kinds of purples, those juices which we use for the purpose of dyeing, So, too, is every insect possessed of its own vital humour, which, whatever it is, is blood to it. While I leave it to others to form what opinion they please on this subject, it is my purpose to set forth the operations of nature in the clearest possible light, and not to enter upon the discussion of points that are replete with doubt. CHAPTER Three, THE BODIES OF INSECTS Insects, so far as I find myself able to ascertain, seem to have neither sinews, bones, spines, cartilages, fat, nor flesh, nor yet so much as a frail shell like some of the marine animals, nor even anything that can with any propriety be termed skin. But they have a body which is of a kind of intermediate nature between all these, of an arid substance, softer than muscle, and in other respects of a nature that may, in strictness, be rather pronounced yielding than hard such then is all that they are and nothing more in the inside of their bodies there is nothing except in some few which have an intestine arranged in folds hence it is that even when cut asunder they are remarkable for their tenacity of life and the palpitations which are to be seen in each of their parts for every portion of them is possessed of its own vital principle which is centred in no limb in particular but in every part of the body least of all however in the head which alone is subject to no movements unless torn off together with the corselet. No kind of animal has more feet than the insects have, and those among them which have the most live the longest when cut asunder, as we see in the case of the Scolopendra. They have eyes, and the senses as well of touch and taste. Some of them have also the sense of smelling, and some few that of hearing. CHAPTER Four, BEES but among them all the first rank and our special admiration ought in justice to be accorded to bees which alone of all the insects have been created for the benefit of man they extract honey and collect it a juicy substance remarkable for its extreme sweetness lightness and wholesomeness they form their combs and collect wax an article that is useful for a thousand purposes of life they are patient of fatigue toil at their labors form themselves into political communities hold councils together in private elect chiefs in common and a thing that is the most remarkable of all have their own code of morals in addition to this being as they are neither tame nor wild so all-powerful is nature that from a creature so minute as to be nothing more hardly than the shadow of an animal she has created a marvel beyond all comparison what muscular power what exertion of strength are we to put in comparison with such vast energy and such industry as theirs what display of human genius in a word shall we compare with the reasoning powers manifested by them in this they have at all events the advantage of us they know of nothing but what is for the common benefit of all away then with all questions whether they respire or no and let us be ready to agree on the question of their blood and yet How little of it can possibly exist in bodies so minute as theirs! And now let us form some idea of the instinct they display. CHAPTER Five: THE ORDER DISPLAYED IN THE WORKS OF BEES Bees keep within the hive during the winter, for whence are they to derive the strength requisite to withstand frosts and snows and the northern blasts? The same, in fact, is done by all insects, but not to so late a period as those which conceal themselves in the walls of our houses are much sooner sensible of the returning warmth with reference to bees either seasons and climates have considerably changed or else former writers have been greatly mistaken they retire for the winter at the setting of the vergiliae and remain shut up till after the rising of that constellation and not till only the beginning of spring as some authors have stated nor indeed does any one in italy ever think of then opening the hives They do not come forth to ply their labours until the bean blossoms, and then not a day do they lose in inactivity, while the weather is favourable for their pursuits. First of all, they set about constructing their combs and forming the wax, or, in other words, making their dwellings and cells. After this, they produce their young, and then make honey and wax from flowers, and extract bee-glue from the tears of those trees which distill glutinous substances, the juices gums and resins namely of the willow the elm and the reed with these substances as well as others of a more bitter nature they first line the whole inside of the hive as a sort of protection against the greedy propensities of other small insects as they are well aware that they are about to form that which will prove an object of attraction to them having done this they employ similar substances in narrowing the entrance to the hive if otherwise too wide Chapter 6 The Meaning of the Term Commosis, Pisocherus, and Propolis. The persons who understand this subject call the substance which forms the first foundation of their combs Commosis, the next Pisocherus, and the third Propolis, which last is placed between the other layers and the wax, and is remarkable for its utility in medicine. The Commosis forms the first crust or layer and has a bitter taste and upon it is laid the piso a kind of thin wax, which acts as a sort of varnish. The propolis is produced from the sweet gum of the vine or the poplar, and is of a denser consistency, the juices of flowers being added to it. Still, however, it cannot be properly termed wax, but rather the foundation of the honeycombs. By means of it all inlets are stopped up, which might otherwise serve for the admission of cold or other injurious influences. It has also a strong odour, so much so indeed, that many people use it instead of galbanum. CHAPTER Seven: THE MEANING OF ERITHACI. Sandaraca or Corinthos. In addition to this, the bees form collections of Erythace, or bee-bread, which some persons call Sandaraca and others Corinthos. This is to serve as the food of the bees while they are at work and is often found stowed away in the cavities of the cells, being of a bitter flavor also. It is produced from the spring dews and the gummy juices of trees, being less abundant while the southwest wind is blowing, and blackened by the prevalence of a south wind. On the other hand again, it is of a reddish color, and becomes improved by the northeast wind. It is found in the greatest abundance upon the nut-trees in Greece. Manicrates says that it is a flower which gives indications of the nature of the coming harvest but no one says so with the exception of him chapter eight what flowers are used by the bees in their work bees form wax from the blossoms of all trees and plants with the sole exception of the rumax and the echinopodes both being kinds of herbs it is by mistake however that spartum is accepted for many varieties of honey that come from spain and have been made in the plantations of it have a strong taste of that plant i am of opinion also that it is without any sufficient reason that the olive has been accepted, seeing that it is a well-known fact that, where olives are in the greatest abundance, the swarms of bees are the most numerous. Bees are not injurious to fruit of any kind. They will never settle on a dead flower, much less a dead carcass. They pursue their labours within three-score paces of their hives, and when the flowers in their vicinity are exhausted they send out scouts from time to time, to discover places for forage at a greater distance. When overtaken by night in their expeditions, they watch till the morning, lying on their backs, in order to protect their wings from the action of the dew. CHAPTER nine: PERSONS WHO HAVE MADE BEES THEIR STUDY. It is not surprising that there have been persons who have made bees their exclusive study, Aristomachus of Soli, for instance, who for a period of fifty-eight years did nothing else. Philiscus of Thesis, also surnamed Agrius, who passed his life in desert spots, tending swarms of bees. Both of these have written works on this subject. End of section 1